Episode 6 Adventure of a Lifetime. Grace and peace to you, friends. I have a question for you Do you have time for a disaster? My husband and I went to this amazing bed and breakfast for our anniversary two years ago. It was full of amazing southern hospitality dressed up in New Orleans charm and delish food. I was surrounded by beauty and delight, and you'd think I was happy. I was happy-ish. I was actually feeling pretty worn out and just looking forward to a quiet weekend, relaxing without kids around. We're foster parents, and sometimes it's really difficult to get help to watch them so we can have a getaway. And my husband worked it all out for us. Thanks, honey. We'd had a scrumptious breakfast and coffee, and now time for the next thing on our agenda. We were near some of our favorite hiking spots, so of course we would have to take advantage of the unseasonably cool weather we were blessed with in the middle of summer. The problem was, I wanted my husband to decide where we'd go. He was ambivalent, and I was getting annoyed. I didn't want to, quote, waste my relaxing weekend sitting in the car with no cell signal trying to make a last-minute decision. As we descended the beautiful quarter-turn stairway of the B&B, I turned my head and my body slightly to tell my husband something. My feet were not familiar with the depth of the stairs and my typical way of multitasking did not work so well. Usually our brains are really good at learning things and then we don't have to think about them very much. Most of us can just get up and start walking and not even have to think about the mechanics of it. If we slow down and really consider the movements, our brains would have to help us with. Okay, go ahead, put your weight on this foot, start kind of on your heel, round it out, middle foot. You get what I'm saying? If our brains didn't learn how to help us walk, we'd have zero brain power for other things in our lives. So for whatever reason, my autopilot was just not working so well. My brain was preoccupied with annoyance that I am married to this man who cannot simply choose one place out of like five that he would prefer to go. My autopilot could not account for my foot not hitting the next step just right. And I remember sort of in slow motion what happened. I tried to steady my foot, but I was off balance. I took a tumble down the remaining steps and skidded on the landing against the wall. I'd screamed out when it happened, and I remember sitting there with this throbbing foot thinking, well, I've really done it this time. I'm leaving in an ambulance. My husband stood there for a moment in shock and then came down the stairs to me. The B&B owner made his way over and he was on the lower stairs. And they just both sort of stood and stared. I think we were all in shock, just not sure what the next step was. I sobbed pitifully as my muscles started these painful spasms. I steadied my foot, noticing immediate swelling. The manager in me sprung to action. Can I get some ice? Mr. B&B heads to the kitchen. Will you get my shoe off? Mr. Husband springs to action. I inspected my bare foot. I could put pressure down on it, not broken. Okay, maybe this will be okay after all. Maybe. So I have all this going on with my body, with the injury, and it was painful for sure. But I don't know if you all do this, but I seem to make things worse with my thoughts about me. Immediately, my thoughts were criticizing myself. Why am I so clumsy? I know better than to do that. What's wrong with my brain? I've terrorized these poor people with my complete inability to pay attention to what I'm doing. 
other thoughts I was having. I was angry with myself. I've ruined this weekend so much for enjoying anything. It was going to be so lovely outside too, but walking is just too hard for some people. My thoughts were also focused on the future. How am I going to do my life with an injury while it takes forever to heal? It's going to take days of me icing and hobbling around. It's going to be such a nightmare. And I have a work trip coming up. How am I going to do that? Friends, there are circumstances in life where words help or hinder. And I am generally super good at choosing words that hinder. I'd never dream about uttering these things to someone else, especially as they lie there bawling. But I feel perfectly at ease telling myself these things. No filter whatsoever. It's really hard to go through a tough thing. And then there's my brain beating me up too. The Bible gives us so much practical everyday wisdom that anyone can use. And really, isn't that what we're all looking for is wisdom and help with what we need? In the past, I'd look to other sources. For example, a horoscope. At first, it was just for fun. Then it evolved into a daily need to try to get what I thought was an edge or help. Because unexpected is no bueno when you are a desperate perfectionist seeking to control as much as possible. It might say, oh, beware of being distracted today. These planets are lined up in such a way that you may be more likely to get hurt today. So I think, okay, I need to be more careful today and possibly very anxious about what might happen. And will I be in the hospital? But superstition isn't wisdom, and I think people generally don't challenge their thoughts about it. Irrational fear or concern does not prevent things from happening, but more often than not, seem to invite those things into your life. So here I was a number of years ago, justifying to myself, lying to myself, that this horoscope practice was just a fun way to get some tips and be careful on my daily walk. Literally, apparently, and figuratively, my life. Only thing was, it wasn't fun. It was always something like, be wary of confrontation or other vague statements. I became addicted in my flesh with the anxieties of life, and I opened a door to relieve it. Only thing was, it made me more anxious, not less. As we discussed in the previous episode, Jesus Christ said that we need to be aware Be careful, for your hearts will be weighed down with the unbridled indulgence, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Luke 21.34 I was trying to help myself with my anxieties, and I made it worse. My realization came when I'd feel a little stress and discomfort if I didn't get to check the daily or weekly or monthly horoscope. I thought... What's behind this tremendous drive to get a peek at these words? It seems so goofy now, but it progressed little by little. I'm telling you this now because I feel that there are people who have the same struggle. A divided spirit. St. Augustine lived from the year 354 to 430, and he talks about some of the practices people did with horoscopes in his book called Confessions. Even a Catholic saint struggled with horoscopes. It's been with mankind for a while. And it's nothing new for us to want to have an edge, something to alert us to danger or control our environment to the most extent possible. Looking for an edge should have been a huge red flag for me, but I didn't have the wisdom to know that. And I certainly wasn't going to admit to that, which opened the door to an area of bondage for me, which was struggling with terrible anxiety. Let me encourage you to open the door of your struggles to a trusted friend or advisor 
rather than trying to keep it locked away in the basement. I'm working on that myself. As I've said many times before, when you approach life as college, you're getting a degree in wisdom in order to have the tools and practice to do the job you're called to do. So back to the thoughts I was having as I laid on the staircase, pitifully sobbing with a swollen ankle and foot. It's just my flesh. The Bible says that our thoughts can be influenced by our flesh, which is weak and fragile, yet resilient and intent on survival. Humans in our natural state live according to the cravings of our flesh to indulge its desires and its thoughts. That's from Ephesians 2.3. So these thoughts were not beneficial, were not helpful, were not necessary, but they still come. And honestly, they used to feel so automatic and definitely not optional. The Bible instructs us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that by testing you can understand what is the will of God? What is good and acceptable and perfect? This is Romans 12, 2-3. I'd regularly bully myself with so many unhelpful thoughts, but I'd dismiss renewing my thoughts because, as I discussed last episode, I'd switch it to thinking I was just giving myself fuel to get things done through tough love, and I never challenged my thoughts about it. It was like a superstition that I held for a long time. Friends, there is absolutely no love in words like that supposed tough love. You are not loving yourself by being cruel to yourself. You wouldn't say those things to a three-year-old, and you shouldn't say them to yourself. I hate the word should. It's just so full of expectation and disappointment for me, and I don't use it lightly. If you struggle with these thoughts that come out of nowhere and seem to be true in the moment, there is a very simple thing you can do to begin walking in victory, transforming your mind, renewing it. This simple thing is called CPR, which stands for Confess, Profess, Repent. I introduced this concept in episode three, but it's not a one and done thing. It's a daily practice. First, you see, confess. This doesn't mean you go find your nearest priest immediately. Webster's Revised Unabridged Dictionary says confess means to admit as true, to assent to, to acknowledge, as after a previous doubt, denial, or concealment. This actually just means talking to God, at the very least, verbalize. What will you verbalize? What are the actions and results you're getting from the fuel of your feelings, which started as a seed, a thought in your mind? Just confess what's going on in your thoughts. So instead of having this long, detailed conversation with yourself like I was about my husband's indecision, you are stating what you're thinking. You can do this out loud or in your head. I used to write the process down so I can observe patterns. Or I said that was a purpose. Um, truthfully, I wasn't very in touch with my thoughts and feelings. And just slowing down helped. So the second step after C confesses profess P. I use this as an opportunity to orient away from myself to God. When I reflect on those moments before my fall down the stairs, and then after my thoughts were completely absorbed in myself, my thoughts about my husband, my plans for the weekend. It may sound counterintuitive, but a life focused on me is not fulfilling. My wants, my needs, my plans, my desires, these are important, but not most important. Our flesh is like our three-year-old virgin that never grows up, thinking the world revolves around me. 
I wish I had been focused on the task of walking, obviously, but I could have just had a spirit of thankfulness in my professions of how God was so good to provide a lovely B&B and weather and babysitters. Finally, CPR, the R is repent. It may sound like a churchy word that is difficult and painful, but honestly, it's just a U-turn, like when you're driving your car in town. Correct your thoughts to agree with God's word in a believable way. If I repent for criticizing my husband, I have to add to that because I might have been bitter about some shared responsibility areas of my marriage. So stopping at that, I check in with myself sort of intuitively, and I feel a little resentment at having to say that. I'm being totally transparent here, and God knows this about me. I'm not hiding anything except to myself by not acknowledging it. Adding to it might include me recognizing that I don't want to have a critical spirit who micromanages all of my husband's actions. I created a new thought for myself with God's help, and it helps me to be aware of the times I'd be tempted to criticize my husband. If I repent from being hateful to myself, that I haven't walked in love with myself and obviously not with other people, oh boy, that is a daily one. But again, I'm creating a new thought with God's help. So to repeat CPR, confess your thoughts, profess to reorient yourself and get your focus off you for a moment, then repent. You perform a U-turn, which renews your mind and creates a believable thought that helps fuel you to get a desirable result. If I had taken my own advice at the very beginning with critical thoughts about my husband, my result would have been very different. So we go through all this work for a reason. It's a glorious reason when we're working with God to be transformed by the renewal of our mind, that by testing, you can understand what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, according to Romans 12, 2 through 3. When you live your life like you're in college, you're getting a degree in wisdom. And yes, there are tests, quizzes. These help you understand your gaps in your application of knowledge. Sometimes I might really mess up and blow up at my son. Boy, I failed that test, but you can get extra credit. I can go back and apologize. I can try to restore a relationship. In college accounting classes, there's accounting principles one and two, then intermediate one and two, then advanced one and two, bunch more also. But these levels are like life. You grow and you continue to build on your knowledge. When you get into intermediate accounting, suddenly people start dropping like flies and then the numbers dwindle as people decide on new majors. It's a very difficult class, but you don't just skip it. You don't go from principles of accounting right to advanced. When you're walking with God in your life, he knows where you're at better than even you do. And the daily quizzes and tests are usually just right to help you apply your knowledge, to seek new knowledge. When you get to a tough semester in your life, as you seek a degree in wisdom, you need new tools to help you gain the knowledge, apply the knowledge. A degree in wisdom isn't given lightly. Stick with me in our journey in contentedness as we come to understand how the wisdom of the Bible can help us in our everyday life, in our families, our businesses, and our communities. It's an adventure of a lifetime. Thanks for joining me. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at AOA Lifetime. And you can also find me on the web at AOA Lifetime.com. 
I would really appreciate it if you'd post a rating and a review on your podcast player. All feedback will help me deliver content that serves those seeking guidance in the self-help community. Music title Soul Walking by Juanitos, used by the Creative Commons license through the Free Music Archive. Thanks, guys.